and how are it's like we haven't done it in a while it has been a while we haven't seen each other for about a month i know just this and that what was it was it covid well yeah so vacation sickness school starting yeah and now we're back and here we are yeah i know but it's good to be back it is great to be back yes i feel out of out of not practice, but just, like, out of the loop. Yes, I do, too. All right, so anything new going on with you? Anything you want to talk about that's no. on your mind? No. All right. Nothing at all, really. How about you? No. Just blessed. I want this heat to be over. Me, too. It's going to be 125 in, uh, what's that called? Something Desert by Palm Springs. Oh, where it's always, like, a million degrees. Yeah, what's the name of that place? Is it Death Valley? No. Well, there is a Death Valley. Maybe that's it. Yes. It's near the Mojave. Yes. Do people live in Death Valley? I pray they don't. Because it... Now, this isn't right. I'm looking at the the, the weather for Death yeah. Valley. Now, they have an excessive heat warning. Duh. It's supposed to be 123 degrees there. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. How... How... What do you... If the if the PG&E goes out there, you're dead. Like you're seriously dead. You're dead. I don't know. There's no reason to have a pool. There's no reason to even park your car outside and walk into the house. Dead. Like, dead. You might. More than three hundred people live year round in Death Valley, and they're. That's crazy. That is. Yeah, it's supposed to be a hundred and nine here today. But uh, on Tuesday, it's supposed to be 112. At our house? Yes. <sighs> I don't know. I'm done. We might as well. I don't have the answers even. And then no. we're going on these PG&E, whatever, you're supposed to turn your air off at 4. Turn your air off? Well, where I work. Oh, at the hottest time of the day? Yeah. Or... Or lower one, like we turn one off and then we all just go to the front. And I know they're just trying to be helpful. Sure, sure. But, oh. Uh, I bet you we brown out on, on Tuesday. Me too. At 112, we're browning oh, yeah. out. Yeah. The grid will melt. We need to get a generator. Yeah. Of or, course, we think of it right now. Well, yeah. I'm just going to go sit in the pool. There you go. There you go. All right. Okay. So we... Pip ourselves in? Yes, let's pip ourselves in. All Would you right. like to start us with prayer? Sure, I okay. will. Okay. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay. Amy, how do, how do women go through menopause in Death Valley? They die. You, wouldn't they you say, just, you'd evaporate. Yeah, I would say, I'm going to go lay out here because I saw some snakes and they're going to bite my neck and I'm dead. <laughs> I, I don't have, I don't know how we even do it here. 
friends of menopausal age, God bless you. Because we know, you and I. 123 and menopause? You'd burn, you'd just become a little, you'd burn up. <laughs> Who was that? That was Marge. Yeah. She's gone. She just burned up. I think you, I don't know what I would do. Mm. Maybe it's just a male community. It might be. There is no way women of menopause age live in death battle. No. Or they're the ones that don't have the symptoms. Oh, yeah. Or they've had, like, a, what's that called? Hysterectomy. Right. It's yeah. just hysterectomy women and men. And men. Yeah. What joy is there in living in that heat? I don't even think with 123 degrees that's something that you become acclimated to. How do you acclimate yourself to 123 degrees? No. If you were an overweight gal, as I am myself, oh, today's 123, I'll go out for 10 minutes, sweat down 10 pounds, <laughs> then I'll pop back in. You might be able to. I, yeah. That is so hot. They must drink a lot of pickle juice. Is that help you? Well, it's got salt. And what? Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, okay. it helps you de not uh, stay hydrated. Yes, thank you. Yeah. There is a store that gives free pickle juice. Did you know that? It's a it's a sandwich place. In town? No, oh. I don't know where it is, but they have, like, pickles that big. Oh, big pickles. And they cut them, mm. and that is the bread of their sandwiches. So oh, it's like a pickle sandwich? Yeah. And then so they have tons of juice out there when people oh. come. They can get a little swig or they can bring in a jar and clip it up. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would try a pickle sandwich. I personally could not bite that. Mm. Being that my teeth are sensitive now also. <laughs> so I'm thinking if I cut it up. Yeah. Maybe I could eat it. But better than bread, I guess. Not really better than bread, but better for you than bread. Well, there's no carbs in pickles. No. But then you'd have to really like pickles. You would have to love them because they are some big honkers. So the sandwich looks like this. You know what I'm saying? Like Okay. Large circumference. Yeah, you've got to look it up. All right. All right. I get a craving for that pickle, but mm -hmm. not then I'm like, okay. How about you? Do I get cravings for pickles? Or do you like pickles? I like pickles, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're fine. I mean, yeah, they're, they're great. Some people eat sauerkraut in the morning with their breakfast because of the probiotics and stuff. Really? Yeah, a lot of people. Um, like with eggs or they just like eat it raw? Like on the side, like in a little thing, they say get their stuff like at Trader Joe's because oh. it's all natural, this and that. And it's so good for your stomach, this, that. Sauerkraut? Sauerkraut. Then you're going to smell like sauerkraut all day. Well. But you're going to be full of probiotics. Yeah. yeah. My grandmother used to make spare ribs with sauerkraut, and they were darn good with these dumplings. That does sound good. Fat, fat, fatty fat. <laughs> German. You know. More butter the better with those folks. <coughs> anyway, now that we've went through the list of menopause, the heat, yeah. and food. Right. I think those are all of our checklists. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm a, I I got to put my readers on because within like six months, <laughs> I can't, I can't see up close. <laughs> I just. Robin. 
I always what used has to, happened? I don't know. I always used to giggle like that. Yeah. Readers. But now I'm like, I don't know what that says. I can't even literally say, yeah, I, I can't. And you try to adjust your eyes and you can't. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. No. And then try to write without them. <laughs> it's terrible. And at church, I'm like this. <laughs> okay. And I think I probably look like an idiot. Blech. Oh, well. The Lord knows. Yeah. All okay. right, friend. We are finishing up Psalms. Can't believe it. Yeah. So, now, this was in the beginning of this particular section. It said these 14 Psalms. Oh, because we're... Okay, so we're going to be focusing on Psalms 88, 89, 50, and then 73 through 83. Okay. And said, these 14 psalms are attributed to people that served under David during his reign. Heman, Ethan, and Asaph were Levites that served as musicians in the worship of the Lord. Some of these psalms might have been written later by descendants of these prominent temple servants. But they are placed here chronologically because the psalms name these men as their authors. We're going to start with 88. Would you mind reading Psalm 88? No. The theme is, when there is no relief in sight, God understands even our deepest misery. And Heman is probably the author. O oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down, and with wave after wave you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Don't do the dead rise up and praise you. Can those in, a, in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgotfulness talk about your righteousness? O oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O oh Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I have been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate for your terrors, before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. That last sentence got me. Oh, Darkness. me too. Oh, my gosh. That's his closest friend. Gosh. Um, for I, I had a note for there. Yes. Have you ever felt as though you have hit bottom? The writer is so low that he even despairs of life itself. Although everything is bad and getting worse, he is able to tell it all to God. 
This is one of the few psalms that gives no answer or expression of hope. Don't think that you must always be cheerful and positive. Grief and depression take time to heal. No matter how low we feel, we can always take our problems to God and express our anguish to Him. Very nice. That keeps it kind of realistic. Yeah. You know, you don't always have to be positive. No. It isn't always going to be that way. Right. Yes. Yep. Anything uh, else for Psalm 88? I had a note. It said the writer of this psalm was close to death, perhaps debilitated by disease and forsaken by friends. But he could still pray. You might not be so afflicted, but you probably know someone who is. Consider being a prayer companion for that person. This psalm can be a prayer you can lift to God. All right. Anything else for Psalm 88? That's all I got. Okay, so Psalm 89, that's a pretty long one, so we're not going to read all of it. But it is written by Ethan, a Levite leader and possibly one of the head musicians in the temple. And the theme is God's promise to preserve David's descendants. God's promise is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who will reign for eternity. The love and kindness promised to David is ours in Christ. But I did want to read... Verses 34 through 37. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever. His kingdom will endure as the sun. It will be as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. Um, Did you have any notes? for? I do. It says, in the light of Israel's continued disobedience throughout history, this is an amazing promise. God promised that David's descendants would always sit on the throne, but but that if the people disobeyed, they would be punished. Yet, even though their disobedience and punishment, God would never break faith with them. Israel did disobey, disobey, Evil ran rampant, the nation was divided, exile came, but through it all, a remnant of God's people remained faithful. Centuries later, the Messiah arrived, the eternal king from David's line, just as God had promised. All that God promises, he fulfills. He will not take back even one word of what he says. God can be trusted to save us as he promised he would. God is completely reliable. Were there any other notes for 89 that you wanted to go over? No, that's all I have. Um, I had, yeah, I had one note. Righteous, righteousness, justice, love, and truth are the foundation of God's throne. They are central characteristics of the way God rules. They summarize his character. As God's ambassadors, we should exhibit the same traits when we deal with people. Make sure your actions flow out of righteousness, justice, love, and faithfulness, because any unfair, unloving, or dishonest action cannot come from God. Like, that's just a nice thing to kind of wake up and run that through your head. Yes. Like, this is how I'm really going to try to conduct myself today. Yes. And just say I'm going to do it for 24 hours. Yeah. And don't make it be, like, forever. Like, it is forever, but only think of it that way. All right. Uh, so nothing else for there? No, I don't have anything. Okay, so we're moving on to Psalm 50. Okay. Uh, the author was Asaph 
The theme is the contrast between true and false faith. God desires sincere thanks, trust, and praise. The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches, and He is not silent. Fire devours, devours everything in his way, and a great storm rages around him. He calls on the heavens above and the earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, and for God himself will be judged. O oh, my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals, animals of the forest are mine, and I, know, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifices to God, and keep them. Keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But God says to the wicked, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them, and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness, and your tongue is filled full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent. And you thought I didn't care, but now I rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who forgot me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. The first note I had Asaph begins his psalm by describing God's final judgment of people on earth. Surprisingly, we read that God's great fury is leveled against his own people, or at least those who claim to be his. God's judgment must first begin with his own children. Oh. Um, another one I had uh, regarding verse 21. Just because God is silent does not mean he is condoning sin or is indifferent to it. Instead, he is withholding deserved punishment, giving time for people to repent. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked and wants them to turn from evil. But his silence does not last forever. A time of punishment will surely come. That is a, that is a blessing. It is. Could you, could, like, could you imagine if he immediately just punished us? No. We're so unworthy. Mm. Like we deserve nothing from him. Every one of us. But he is gracious and he willfully was on the cross for our sins thank god amen no. oh yes 
for all of them. For everyone that's going to be here, was here, everything. Anything else for Psalm 50? I don't have anything. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No. Okay. All right, moving on to Psalm 73. The author is Asaph, and the theme is the temporary prosperity of the wicked and the lasting rewards of the righteous. We should live holy lives and trust God for our future rewards. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their... <laughs> That's what it says. I know. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Beautiful. How... It's a timeless psalm, uh -huh. but how we can apply it oh. to today. Yes. My goodness. I know. I had one note on here, and it said, From our perspective, God sometimes seems slow to interview, uh, intervene on our behalf. But what might appear slow to us is good timing from God's perspective. It's easy to become impatient while waiting for God to act. But we must never give up on him. When God is silent and you are in deep anguish, follow the method of this in this psalm. Review the great acts of God throughout biblical history. Then review what he has done for you. This will remind you that God is at work, not only in history, but also in your life today. I had a note. Two strong themes wind their way through these verses. One, the wicked prosper, leaving godly people wondering why they bother to be good. And two, 
The wealth of the wicked looks so inviting that faithful people may wish they could trade places. But these two themes come to unexpected ends. For the wealth of the wicked suddenly loses its power at death, and the rewards for the godly suddenly take on eternal value. What seemed like wealth is now waste, and what seemed worthless now lasts forever. Don't wish you could trade places with evil people to get their wealth. One day they will wish they could trade places with you and have your eternal life. Exactly. I just don't know. I And I know you and I have said it before, but money is just, or wanting things. Mm-hmm. It's not, thank God me and you that we've discussed that don't have those desires, but some that do, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, and if, if every time it comes to your mind, maybe you could think about him dying on a cross. I know whenever I'm feeling sorry for myself or something, and this, listen, this didn't happen overnight. Let me just say, but I go and I sit and I think about him physically on that cross. Mm. For nothing he did. Like, if you think of your worst enemy and someone said, okay, well, you're going to have to go up on that cross and suffer. Yeah. We would say, are you kidding me? Yeah. He was separated from God. Yeah. This note in particular... It's so important just to remember this because there is, there's always been wickedness in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not like it, it's a new thing that just popped up. Yeah. There's always been wickedness, but it just seems like it's so much more in our face now because of technology. Yes. So it's good to remember this. Amen. You know, don't, don't wish you had this life or that life because it looks glamorous. Yeah. Mm-mm. But it's listen. They've got the they put their pants on the same way you do. Yeah, yeah. And they've got the same this that and the other. Yeah. Anything else for Psalm fifty? Uh, Seventy three? No. Seventy three. Thank no, you. Not at all. Okay. Let me see. No, that's about all I had as well. Okay. So we're going to 74, friend. Okay, so the theme is a plea for God to help his people defend his cause and remember his promises. When we feel devastated or forgotten, we can ask God for help, knowing that he hears. The author is Asaph, which is one of the descendants since, or one of his descendants, since many believe this to have been written after Jerusalem's fall in 586 B.C. Oh God, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Remember that we are the people you chose long ago. to try The tribe you redeemed as your own special possession. And remember Jerusalem, your home here on earth? Walk through the awful ruins of the city. See how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. There your enemies shouted their victorious battle cries. There they set up their battle standards. They swung their axes like woodcutters in a forest. With axes and picks they smashed the carved paneling. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the place that bears your name. Then they thought, let's destroy everything. So they burned down all the places where God was worshipped. We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone. 
and no one can tell us when it will end. How long, O oh God, will you allow your enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash your powerful fist and destroy them. You, O oh God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. You split the sea by your strength and smash the heads of the sea monsters. You crush the heads of Leviathan, Leviathan and let the desert animals eat him. You cause the springs and streams to gush forth, and you dried up rivers that never run dry. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. You set the boundaries of earth, and you made both summer and winter. See how these enemies insult you, Lord. A foolish nation was dishonored, has dishonored your name. Don't let these wild beasts destroy your turtle doves. Don't forget your suffering people forever. Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. Don't let the downtrodden be humiliated again. Instead, let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how these fools insulted you all day long. Don't overlook what your enemies have said or their growing uproar. Okay, so 74. I only have one note for Psalm 74. Okay. When enemy armies defeated Israel, they sacked and burned Jerusalem, trying to wipe out every trace of God. This has often been the response of people who hate God. Today, many are trying to eliminate God from our public life entirely. Do what you can to maintain a Christian influence, but don't become discouraged when others appear to make great strides in removing all traces of God. They cannot eliminate his presence among believers. Ah, uh, I have a note too. Yes. From our perspective, God sometimes seems slow to intervene on our behalf, but what might appear slow to us is good timing from God's perspective. It's easy to become impatient while waiting for God to act, but we must never give up on him. When God is silent and you are in deep anguish, follow the method in this psalm. Review the great acts of God throughout biblical history. Then review what he has done for you. This will remind you that God is at work not only in history, but also in your life today. Was there anything else for Psalm 74? Not that I have, no. Okay. So, Psalm 75. The author is Asaph. And the theme, because God is the final judge, the tables will be turned upon the wicked. When arrogant people threaten our security, we can be confident that God will ultimately overrule and destroy them. We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your wonderful deeds. God says, at the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warn the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't raise your fists in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. For no one on earth from east or west or even from the wilderness should raise a def defiant fist. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. For the Lord holds a cup in his hand that is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. 
He pours out the wine in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim what God has done. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. For God says, I will break the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. I have a note for that. It says, God will have the last word. He will decide the final outcome, setting all matters that concern both the wicked and the godly. The formal the former will eventually experience his judgment. The latter will experience his faithful love. No matter how dark the days you face, make it your continual practice to acknowledge God's sovereignty over your world. Tell him regularly how grateful you are that he has the final word. Did you have another one? That's all I have. I had one. The cup of wine represents God's judgment that is coming against the wicked. God will pour out his fury on his enemies, and they will be forced to drink it. Drinking the cup of God's judgment is a picture used frequently in scripture. It gives the impression of taking a dose of one's own medicine. To drink it down to the dregs means to be punished completely. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, that's something to think about. Yeah. You know, and knowing that you have that fear, it's a it's a healthy fear shows where your heart is. That's true. You know what? I didn't look at it like that. Yeah, like you are like, I'm not, no way. And and back here in one of them where it said that he, he chose us long ago, mm-hmm. that's how I believe. Like he elected us way before anything ever started. Mm-hmm. You know, we were chosen people. So, I can't remember where I read it. So, now we're going on to 76. That's right. All righty. So, this is, the theme is a call for God to punish evildoers. Even people's angry revolts will be used by God to bring glory to himself. And the author is Asaph. God is honored in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where he lives. Mount Zion is his home. There he has broken the fiery, fiery arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of war. You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. Our boldest enemies have been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. No warrior could lift a hand against us. At the blast of your breath, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots lay still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentenced your enemies. The earth trembled and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Human defiance only enhances your glory, for you use it as a weapon. Make vows to the Lord your God and keep them. Let everything bring tribute to the awesome one. For he breaks the pride of princes, and the kings of the earth fear him. One note I had. How can defiance bring glory to God? Hostility to God and his people gives God the opportunity to do great deeds. For example, the Pharaoh of Egypt refused to free the Hebrew slaves and thus allowed God to work mighty miracles for his people. God turns the tables on evildoers and brings glory to himself from the foolishness of those who deny him or revolt against him. 
God's wrath expressed in judgment brings praise from those who have been delivered. So good. Yeah. Did you have any other notes? I do. It yeah. says the psalm closes with an invitation to the reader or listener. Having stated the futility of resisting God, the writer shifts to the alternatives. These verses speak of more than surrender to God. They encourage us to actively move toward God, making commitments, vows to him, and carrying them out. What was the last promise you made, God? How much progress have you made in fulfilling it? I highlight, uh, excuse me, I highlighted that one part. They encourage us to actively move toward God. Because that's, that's more than just, okay, God, I'm here. Yeah. You're, you're actively doing things to move closer to him. Yeah. Either going to church or, or you know, reading your Bible or maybe you're in a, a Bible study. Was it, so you're, you're constantly moving towards him every day. Yes. And that's a good sign of your fruit. Mm-hmm. Like you're constantly yearning for more knowledge of him. All right, Amy, we are, I'm sorry, did you have anything else? No, that's else? it, honey. Okay, so let's go to Psalm 77. Okay, the author is Asaph, and the theme, we are comforted through the hard times by remembering God's help in the past. Recalling God's miracles and previous works can give us courage to continue. I cry out to God, yes, I shout, Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyous songs. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along the road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. I do have a note. Okay. Memories of God's miracles and faithfulness sustained Israel through their difficulties. They knew that God was capable and trustworthy. When you meet new trials, review how God has been to you, and this will strengthen your faith. Oh, yeah, and then it does one more note. It says, these verses refer to the miraculous parting of the Red Sea. Hmm. This great event is mentioned many times in the Old Testament. 
The story was of this incredible miracle was handed down from generation to generation, continually reminding the Israelites of God's power, protection, and love. Um, I had a note. Yeah. Asaph cried out to God for courage during a time of deep distress. The source of his distress was his doubt, but Asaph's perspective changed, and in a few moments, the eye was gone. As Asaph expressed his requests to God, his focus changed from thinking of himself to worshiping God. You are the God of great wonders. Only after he put aside his doubts about God's holiness and care for him did he eliminate his distress. As we pray to God, he shifts our focus from ourselves to him. And you know what? Uh, this last month, I, I really started doing something you had brought up previously, and that is thanking God for the stressful times as well, oh, for the trials. Yeah. And that really helps. Doesn't it? Yes. You know what? And I read that somewhere. And I w didn't you feel distraught before? Yes. And you know, it's just like validating mm -hmm. that, look, I, I'll, I'm going to go through this with grace, graciousness in your name. Yeah. But it helped you? It did, big time. And it's it's hard, you know. It, it is. It's hard, but just to sit down and say, Lord, thank you for this trial. You know, it's difficult. You know it's difficult, but I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And it's going to glorify you in the end. Amen, Robin. So it, so to, you know, everyone listening, try it. Yeah. Try it. Try it. I mean, you know, and like, like you've said before, we don't, you don't even have to say it with your lips if you can't. Mm -hmm. You know? He knows. He sure does. Now, yeah. uh, were there any other notes, Amy, for 77? No, I. that's all I had. Okay, now Psalm 78 is, is a doozy. That's a pretty long one. Okay. We're not going to read it. But was there anything in there that you wanted to highlight? Were there any verses? Let me see. It is... 36 37 it says i'm just going to start at 35 though okay. then they remembered that god was their rock the god most high was their redeemer but they all but all they gave him was lip service they lied to him with their tongues their hearts were not loyal to him they did not keep his covenant and then my note said over and over the children of israel claimed that they would follow god but then they turned away from him. The problem was up, was that they made commitments to God with their mouths and not with their hearts. Thus, their repentance was empty. Talk is cheap. God wants our conduct to back up our spiritual claims and promises. And that hit home for me because I feel like I always commit to things. I've told you this. And then... I'm so overwhelmed. I can't do any of them really good. Okay. And but I've I've spread myself so thin and like that's my mouth talking. And I need to really dig deeper and even if I can't answer someone right away, I really need to be more prayerful about what I do and commit completely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even I, if it's just one thing. Yeah. But that's great that you recognize it. Yeah. I know. I just, that just hit home with me so much. Hmm. 
I forgot to mention, so the theme of Psalm 78, it's written, written by Asaph, the lessons from history. Asaph retells the history of the Jewish nation from the time of slavery in Egypt to David's reign. It was told over and over to each generation so they would not forget God and make the same mistakes as their ancestors. Like getting all that gold and making an idol. Oh. You know, I still love it. I would have thrown those tablets myself. <laughs> Wouldn't it have you, Robin? Moses must have been so frustrated. Like, you know, <laughs> of that time, there's nothing worse that he could have done. Yeah. Not that he did, you know what I'm saying? Like, that showed his anger more than anything. Yeah. Like, look, I've been up there speaking to the Lord Almighty. He put me in a crevice, and I I got to see him pass by. Yet you heifers down here got all this gold. You should have been in prayer. Or He's brought us out of Egypt. He's brought us all this way. He's kept his word. I'm gone for how long? How long? long? And it? this is what you're doing. You know, and the brother... Who is the ringmaster of this circus? Because someone <laughs> is in trouble. Oh, it's my brother. Yeah, that Great. God said, don't worry, I'm going to send him because he's good with talking to people. Yeah. Well, yeah, he sure is. <laughs> they coerced him. Can't you just, I so wish I could be there and see him like come down and just go. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> what the heck? It's just, I guess it shows the human side. It really does. And you know, he always was saying, Lord, don't punish them. Lord, please, give them a chance. Isn't that something? You know, I'm not sure I could have been that gracious. I want to say I could, but I don't know. That's like in the morning when you have children and you say, Lord Jesus, let me not get angry today. And after 20 chances each, you're done. I used to say, okay, I'm going to give them each 20. 20 times 5 is 100. Surely that's enough for one whole day. Nope. Nope. No. Hey, let's make a gold idol. All right. <laughs> that's a great idea. And dance it up and boobity-boo. And yeah, let's just do all sorts of nefarious things. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything else for 78, friend? No, nothing. All right, we are moving on to 79. 79, 1979. All right, I'm going to read that, pupper. All right. I'm going to do Psalm 79. The theme is, when outraged by injustice, cry out to God, not against him. In times of disaster, our mood may be anger, but our trust must remain in God. Again, the author is probably Asaph. Oh God, pagan nations have conquered your land, your special possession. They have defiled your holy temple and made Jerusalem a heap of ruins. They have left bodies of your servants as food for the birds of heaven. The flesh of your godly ones has become food for the wild animals. Blood has flowed like water all around Jerusalem. No one is left to bury the dead. We are mocked by our neighbors, an object of scorn and derision to those around us. 
O Lord, how long will you be angry with us forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to acknowledge you, on kingdoms that do not call upon your name. For they have devoured your people, Israel, making the land a desolate wilderness. Do not hold us guilty for, their sin, for the sins of our ancestors. Let your compassion quickly meet our needs, for we are on the brink of despair. Help us, O God of our salvation. Help us for the glory of your name. Save us and forgive our sins for the honor of your name. Why should pagan nations be allowed to scoff, asking, Where is their God? Show us your vengeance against the nations, for they have spilled the blood of your servants. Listen to the moaning of the prisoners. Demonstrate your great power by saving those condemned to die. O Lord, pay back our neighbors seven times from the scorn they have hurled at you. Then, when your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness from generation to generation. Uh, one of the notes I had, according to Old Testament, God's wrath and judgment often fell on entire nations because of the sins of people within those nations. Here, Asaph pleaded for judgment on kingdoms that refused to acknowledge God's authority. Ironically, Asaph's own nation of Judah would be judged by God, for refusing to do this very thing. These were people who had sworn allegiance to God, but rejected him. This made their judgment even worse. Mm. I have a note. Yeah. It said, in the end, the God's glory will be evident to all people. But in the meantime, we must endure suffering with patience and allow God to strengthen our character through it. For reasons that we do not know, God sometimes allows pagan people to scoff at believers. We should be prepared for criticism, jokes, and unkind remarks because God does not place us beyond the attacks of scoffers. When I read this, when I read 79, I think about, you know, they're saying, how long will you let this happen? How long? And I think of that. I know it's a Star Wars map, but I think of him just looking at the beginning of, of you know, creation to the end. Mm. So he has the whole picture. Just, just like when your child comes to you and says, I'm so upset, so-and-so said this. Well, you're in this moment right here, you're upset. Mm -hmm. But as a parent, we can see a little bit in the future what will happen. Yeah. So he's like, just be still and know that I'm God. Like, be still. I've got this. I've got you. You know, it's just A and B have to happen. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. But we can't see our whole lives as we shouldn't because we'd, yeah. We'd muck it up. Yeah, we'd muck it up. So. And that's, that's a wonderful way to put it, Amy. Because mm -hmm. it's true. You know, when, you, when you're younger, it, everything's just in the moment and it's exactly. the worst thing in the world. Perfectly. Yes. And then we get a little bit older and it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure everyone's around someone that reacts to whatever has happened. And it takes a while, but if you can just not react and just say, you know, I'm going to hand this over to you, and I know who I am in you. Mm -hmm. I'm not of this, and this is just a worldly, earthly thing. Just I'm not gonna, not gonna buy a ticket, as we say. Yeah, me and you. Yeah. yeah. So and we're and like you said, just remember, God has the entire map in front of him. Yes, he has it from beginning to end. Yeah. 
you know and and as you study just like some of this we've already went over you learn something new every time yeah something a little bit extra pops out this and that yesterday and i've read it so many times but yesterday i learned that the angels were made at one time and one time only the millions of how many ever he made he only did it one time Okay. Now there's still the heavenly angels and the the ones they they can take human form, mm -hmm. but they are a spiritual creature. Mm -hmm. There are the ones that fell with Satan mm -hmm. that are in hell, but there's there there's tons of them, and they were all made at one time. All at one time. Huh. Okay. Who knew? Mm -hmm. I had no idea about that. She we even studied angels. Remember? Yeah. We yeah. probably knew then. Yeah. And you know, you you could spend a lifetime just learning about angels. Yeah, <laughs> really about one of their wings, yeah. the left third wing. Yeah, yeah. What that does. Yeah. Would you get your? Where did you get your like your master's? Your what's it called? Your your. Uh, where did you get your uh, doctrine in? Yeah. What was your doctrine in? The yeah. left third wing of an angel. Yeah. The seraphim from Praha. <laughs> All right, friends, so we're on to Psalm 80. Yes. The author is Asaph, or one of his descendants, possibly written after the northern kingdom of Israel was defeated and its people deported to Assyria. And the theme is a prayer for revival and restoration after experiencing destruction. God is our only hope for salvation. Mm. Now, uh, were there any verses in Psalm 80 that stood out to you? Let's see. Um, I have number 17. <gasps> I had that one too. No. Yeah. Okay, you do it. You want me no, to do it or you? you do okay. it. Okay. Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Uh, oh, and then the note, there's a note. Yeah. And it says, the son of your choice is probably not the Messiah, but Israel, whom God calls elsewhere his firstborn son. The psalm writer is making a plea that God would restore his mercy to Israel, the people he chose to bring his message into the world. I loved that. Yes. Oh, yeah, just yeah. wonderful. It is. And I love this prayer prayer in the book of Psalms little yes, thing. Yes, the insert. Yeah, I just like anger, confession, sorrow by the community. I actually had um, a little, I typed out some of the insert. Oh, okay. So it's titled Prayer in the Book of Psalms. And Psalms could be described as a collection of song prayers. Probably the most striking feature of these prayers is their unedited honesty. The words often express our own feelings, feelings that we would prefer no one, much less God, ever knew. As we use the Psalms to express our feelings, we learn that honesty, openness, and sincerity are valuable to God. Mm, that's so great. Oh, yeah, I really yeah. like that. Oh, did you have any other notes for that's 80? That's it. How about you? No, that's no. what I had. Okay. So Psalm 81. Yes. The author's Asaph. And the theme is, it's a holiday hymn. The, this hymn celebrates the exodus from Egypt. God's goodness versus Israel's waywardness. God is our deliverer in spite of our wanderings. Mm. Was there anything in Psalm 81? I loved Psalm 15, or uh, verse 15. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. 
they would be doomed forever. And I just start, I just kept thinking about Satan. Like he even knows God's word. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, um, he can recognize those who are of God and will say, leave here. And I don't know. I just loved, I really liked that. Yeah. I highlighted verses 11 and 12. But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Did you good. have any notes for I, Psalm 81? I didn't because I had that. I loved that. How about you? Um, yes, and it was regarding verses 11 and 12. Oh, okay. God let the Israelites go on blindly, stubbornly, and selfishly when they should have been obeying and following God's desires. God sometimes lets us continue in our stubbornness to bring us to our senses. He does not keep us from rebelling because he wants us to learn the consequences of sin. He uses the experiences to turn people away from greater sin to faith in him. Did you want to uh, talk about Psalm 82? Um, let's see, 82. I have nothing for 82, to be honest. Did you want to read the author and the... Sure. Okay. Um, so on 82, it is Asaph again. I think all of these have been him. These last ones, huh? Yeah. I think just the couple in the beginning. And it's a fair judge. God will judge the wicked who have unfairly treated others. That basically says... It does. Yeah, it was very good. Um, I do, I'll do. i read this one. It says, God judges human judges. The integrity of the justice system is in, in a nation provides a clear indication of the health of that society. As is the case with all leadership, judges derive their authority ultimately from God and will give an account to God for their verdicts. Believers are commanded to pray for kings and all who are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This psalm reminds us to include judges of every kind in our prayers because we are direct, directly benefit from their integrity. I thought about the world today. Mm -hmm. Our job is to pray for them, whoever that is. It's not to fight about who's this on this side, who's on that side. And I thought about, I just thought about that. And then I went to... My father used to help homeless people. I think I've already told you this. But, yeah. And there's a verse that says, um, be careful how you treat everyone because you never know when you're entertaining angels. You know, and just because maybe some don't believe with what the government or do, the thing is it's our job to pray. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Their actions, they will have to pay the consequence. Will we maybe have to pay some? Well, maybe here on earth, but we know who we are. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought about that. Okay. No, thank yeah. you. Uh huh. And then we have 83. 83. You want me to do 83? Sure. Okay. 83. The author is Asaph, and the theme combating God's enemies. This psalm is a prayer for God to do whatever it takes to convince the world that He is indeed God. Someday all will recognize and admit that God is in charge. I didn't have anything highlighted. Me either. The no. only thing I had was on regarding 83, 5, and 8, it said the enemies of Israel were considered God's enemies also. I don't know. I just took comfort in that. Yeah. God knows. He knows. 
That and that's it. That's Amy. That is our summer of psalms. Summer of psalms. <laughs> I love that. And summer's ending, Duff. I know. I God know. bless America. Yeah. All right. Well, good. All right. So let's give out some information. Okay. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. And the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com where you can find all the links next time. So we're going to start back up. Yep. Here we go. Now we're going to go into Solomon. Love it. All right, so 1 Chronicles 29, verses 23 through 25, and the parallel, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. 1 Kings, so we're getting into Kings now. Love it. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 13 through 46. 1 Kings <laughs> chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, and the parallel, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verses 2 through 13. 1 Kings 3, 16 through 28. 1 Kings 5, 1 through 18, and the parallel, 2 Chronicles 2, 1 through 18. 1 Kings 6, 1 through 13, the parallel, 2 Chronicles 3, 1 through 14. 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 14 through 38. 1 Kings chapter 7, 1 through 12. And finally, 1 Kings chapter 7, 13 through 51, and the parallel, 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verses verse 15 through 422 okay all that's on the facebook site so you don't have to like memorize that or anything they're all listed there as well okay good friend yeah god bless anything else before we go no just remember take every thought captive and run it through the bibles the verses of the bible the words in the bible and if it comes out that it is god's plan for that then there you go beautiful amen god bless thank you and have a blessed week we will catch you next time bye-bye